You're listening to the Burke and Ms. The Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast, where I go to fulfill my fantasy. Football desires with expert opinions, advice, and analysis that you can't find anywhere else. Welcome to the NFL Draft Special. Burke and I are going through the first round of the NFL Draft, or how we think it's going to play out. It's going to be pretty interesting. Overall, this is an okay draft. Uh, I think there's been better. Um, I think there's a lot of depth. So um, first round-wise, I don't think there's a lot of like surefire picks, but uh, I think when you're going into the second and third round, you're still getting some talented players. So in that regard, I'd put it a little above average. Um, not, you know, it doesn't wow me by any means, but overall, you know, like I said, it, it's a good draft. And uh, so we're going to jump into it. Burke will not be here today. He's uh, off saving the world from COVID-19. So he will join us next time. But I think this will be a great show. And um, I think we're going to be pretty accurate on this. I like I like what we did here. So uh, stay tuned and we'll uh, get right into the first round. The Cincinnati Bengals have the first pick in the draft, and it's no mystery who I think they're going to take. It's going to be Joe Burrow, QB from LSU. And I mean, there was some inkling a little bit ago, a couple days actually, that uh, Joe Burrow might not want to play for Cincinnati, that he was going to force their hand. But that died down pretty quickly, and I just don't see a situation that the Bengals don't draft him. He's a hometown kid. Fans will love him just for that. He'll sell tickets, which is pretty important as well. And he's the best quarterback in the draft. So you put all those three things together, and it's just a no-brainer. And I actually feel more confident in this pick than I did of any of the other quarterbacks drafted first overall the last couple of years. So um, Joe Burrow all the way. And I don't see how the Bengals do anything differently. I mean, they obviously have a lot of holes, but – you know, their biggest hole is that quarterback. And they do have some talent with Mixon and Boyd. So it's definitely going to be Burrow. I just I just don't see a situation where they pivot from that, especially with the lack of uh, information in this draft where, you know, you're going straight off of tape and uh, just the measurements you're able to get from the combine. And uh, it's, it's going to be the pick. The Washington Redskins have the second overall pick. And I think this, again, is a no-brainer. Um, the, the Redskins have been spending a lot of uh, draft capital in their defensive line. You know, they got Jonathan Allen a couple years ago. And I think they continue that with uh, Chase Young from uh, Ohio State. Uh, just from that uh, the end position, he's just so fast. He, he, he actually is the best defensive player in this draft, uh, hands down. And... I mean, he just dominated the competition. So, the, you know, Washington, you take the best player available at that point, and he's definitely it. He can be a game changer on that defense. And, uh, you know, watching the Redskins' defense, they definitely needed uh, some reinforcements on that side of the ball. So chalk it up, Chase Young, Ohio State. He will be the pick. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, it'll be a, a pretty drama-free first two picks of, of this first round so far. This next pick is uh, owned by the Detroit Lions, third overall in the draft. And Detroit really wants to trade down, and it makes so much sense at this spot. They, they have Matthew Stafford. They have, you know, he has a big contract. They're not moving on from him. They want a defensive player in this draft, at least early on. And they can get him later with all the uh, noise that's happening at the top with uh, with the quarterbacks. And so I think a team jumps up and trades with them to get the rights of Tua Tagovola at the number three spot. So having said that, everyone thinks it's going to be the Dolphins. And there's a lot of talk about the Dolphins. You know, they have the draft capital to do it. But I think the 
Los Angeles Chargers sneak into that third spot over the Dolphins and get their guy. The Chargers are in need of a quarterback. Tyrod Taylor is great at being the stopgap until you, you know the rookie quarterback is ready. And he's played that role well uh, a couple times. And I see him doing that again. And I just think that the uh, Chargers are the ones that move up to that third spot and get the services of Tua Tagovola, quarterback from Alabama. And, you know, it's, it's a risky pick just because of the injury. And I like Tua. I think he's smart. And, you know, he, he makes some throws that uh, you have to make at the NFL level. But for whatever reason, I I just don't think he's going to be, you know, he's he's going to be an NFL quarterback for sure. I just don't think he's going to be the superstar that everyone's uh, planning for him to be. And I would say that even if he didn't have the hip injury, uh, with that hip injury, it just makes me more cautious of of crowning him, you know, uh, an elite quarterback coming in. Um, like I said, he's, he's a great kid, has all the, the smarts, but um, I just, I, I think that the uh, the Chargers are going to draft him and uh, he's not going to have the production that you're going to expect from the number three overall pick. Um, moving on to the fourth pick, that goes to the New York Giants. And I think they're going to go build an offensive line to protect Daniel Jones. There's a lot of talk of them really liking uh, Herbert from uh, Oregon. And I think that's just smoke screens. I think they really would prefer to move out of that spot a couple notches. Um, But, you know, they wasted a lot of time on doing that. Um, The other scenario is maybe they just think that he's going to last till the early second. But even the early second, it doesn't make much sense. So, Again, I just think they're trying to generate a trade market for their spot, which, you know, there really isn't one. I don't think anyone's scared of what the Giants are going to do. So having said that, uh, the Giants are going to take Jedrick Wills, offensive tackle from Alabama. It just makes too much sense. And he's one of those guys that uh, can hold down that spot for a long time. And could be a cornerstone of that offensive line. And, you know, if you can get that at that pick, it's it's well worth it. Um, and I, I think that's what was lacking in the Giants offense. I mean, yeah, Barkley and some of the weapons that the Giants have, I, I think they could be, uh, you know, higher scoring offense if they can just get the, get better in the trenches. So those are my, my next two picks. And we'll move on to the, the number five overall pick. The number five pick goes to the the Miami Dolphins. They wanted to trade up to the third pick where the Lions were at to get Tua. There's a lot of chatter about them wanting to move up to get an offensive tackle. And I just don't see that. It doesn't make any sense to me. Not that they don't want an offensive tackle, but just why would you move up? You knew that their you know the the run was gonna be at quarterback. You know, they might not have been able to get Wills if Wills was their guy, but there's definitely, this is such a top-heavy draft with tackles. There's so many good tackles that I don't see them feeling like they would need to trade up for the tackle position. So, you know, with Tua being gone, going to the Chargers, they sit tight. And I think they still go quarterback, though. I think they get Justin Herbert from uh, Oregon University. And, you know, some have put him ahead of Tua. And... I'll be honest, I actually had other quarterbacks ahead of both of them, but uh, the consensus seems to be that, uh, you know, that's the top three quarterbacks in this draft, and the Dolphins, I can feel, you know, two of the the three options are gone, that they get a little desperate and, you know, a, a little panicky and, and just go with the next best quarterback on everyone's board and draft uh, Herbert. You know, they have three picks this round, so they want to make sure they get their quarterback first and they'll fill in the gaps on the next two picks. And, you know, especially at quarterback, you got to take your guy. If it doesn't work out, you know, you tried, but it's such an important position that uh, it's one of those positions where you might be reaching for that guy, but you need to get your guy. So 
Uh, I don't blame the Dolphins at all for, for getting Herbert at the fifth overall pick. Which goes to six, where the Chargers originally sat, but they, you know, traded up with Detroit. So now Detroit is sitting there at the sixth overall pick. And I think this is about right. They're not going to trade down from here. Uh, I, I originally was thinking maybe they'd do a double trade where they'd trade and then trade down again. But Carolina's right behind them, who, again, is also a trade down candidate. But uh, I think they want to get ahead of them because they really want a cornerback. And I don't blame, you know, Detroit lost Slay. Um, their offense is, wasn't the problem. It, Detroit's defense was and Matt Patricia being a defensive guy uh, I know he wants to fix that so having said that I think the Lions stay where they're at and they get Jeff Akadu from Ohio State uh, cornerback and he's the best cornerback in the draft he's really good I like him a whole lot I think he's probably one of the top three four players that I really like in the in the draft and he's a game changer and if you can get that you know, you take it, especially at that sixth spot. Um, that's you can't get a, a, a better value there than getting a, a corner that can uh, change the game on defense for you. He, he takes away half the field, and he's he's just he's just great at everything. Uh, I, I'm just been, I'm really impressed with him. And uh, Detroit's going to. I think win in regards to the fact that they were able to get more assets by trading down, but then also getting their guy. Um, so, you know, if that indeed plays out like that, uh, great job by the Lions and, and getting their guy and, and getting some assets on top of that. The seventh overall pick goes to the Carolina Panthers. And, you know, they're a trade down candidate for sure. They need help on their defense, defensive line. You know, they, they couldn't stop the run last year to save their lives, which was ironic because they were so uh, – they did such a good job on running the football on the other side. But uh, in this situation with who is falling to them, I think that that's kind of off the board and they stay the course. And they draft Isaiah Simmons, linebacker from Clemson. Just makes a lot of sense to me. You know, the retirement of the great Luke Keekley. you know, that's tough to replace. And on top of that, he's just so versatile in regards to the run and the pass. Simmons can play in the box. He can play the slot. He could, uh, he's almost like a hybrid safety type. I just think there's so many things he can do that really, he's like the McCaffrey on defense in a way. I just think he's so versatile that uh, they'll find a lot of good ways to use him and, and improve that defense. And him sitting there just staring you in the face, I think they have no choice but to take him. So uh, originally I was going to, you know, I was looking at trade-down options for him, but with Simmons sitting there, uh, that's that's what they need to do. And that leaves me to my eighth overall pick. It's the Arizona Cardinals. Except for I think they trade the pick. And, you know, I think the, the Cardinals would probably do best with an offensive lineman. Um, there's only been one off the board so far. And I think they feel comfortable trading down. And I know the Falcons are really trying to get up in that upper echelon. And, you know, it was it was kind of weird to hear about it. Like, what what's the Falcons trying to do? Like, what's their end game? But their defense was pretty bad last year and, and improved uh, you know against the the Saints they did a good job against the Saints but against everybody else they couldn't uh couldn't play defense and uh I think cornerback play was you know a big uh culprit of, of why their their defense wasn't so effective you know they, their pass rushers couldn't get to the ball because uh their secondary was getting burned and uh you know, they spent a couple of draft picks years ago on Alford and uh, Trufant, and, and I don't think that's worked out like they thought it would. And so in this scenario, I see the Falcons trading up and getting their guy, C.J. Henderson, cornerback from Florida. Just, uh, you know, they want to jump in front of some other teams that might be looking at cornerback as well. 
And Henderson, I, you know, I actually agree with him being the second cornerback taken. I like him a lot as well. Florida has uh, had great defenses uh, these last couple years, and Henderson was a part of that. Uh, so, the, you know, the Falcons grabbing Henderson right there is, is a, is a I, I mean, I think it's a reach in a way, but, you know, you got to go and get your guy, and I think that's what they do. So, you know, Falcons take C.J. Henderson. Pick number nine belongs to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I think they sit tight here, and it's another player that I think should have gone a lot higher, but based off the craziness of the trades and what teams were looking for, he's still on the board. And so Jacksonville Jaguars with the ninth overall pick take Derek Brown, defensive lineman from Auburn. And Jacksonville is in the rebuilding mode. And what better way to rebuild than start in the trenches? Derek Brown is definitely worth uh that ninth overall pick i think he should be higher so give it up for jacksonville they're you know it's a smart move if uh, that's how it unfolds and they do pick him i think he can be a big help in jacksonville and they they really need help on that line so i think it's it's a it's a perfect marriage on, on both accounts and moving into pick number 10 it belongs to the cleveland browns and I think the Denver Broncos trade the Cleveland Browns to move up for this pick. And John Elway is, loves to trade uh, on draft day. And he traded back last year to get Noah Fant, uh, which was really peculiar, peculiar to me because they needed an inside linebacker. And then they traded back so the team could take an inside linebacker, you know, the, the, the Steelers with, uh, with Bush. And... This year, I see them moving up to make sure they get their guy on what they want. And that guy is C.D. Lamb, wide receiver from Oklahoma. Uh, a lot of places have Jerry Judy going first, which I think you're, you know, it's drawing straws in that regard. They're both high-caliber receivers. And, in fact, it boggles my mind that receiver took so long to get drafted. There's just so many amazing receivers in this draft. Um, I mean, granted, you can find great ones in the later rounds. Uh, that's how deep it is. But, you know, you got a top-tier, sure, uh, surefire superstar. You want to take them. So. And, and here's another thing. I, I picked C.D. Lamb over Judy because Denver really likes players from Oklahoma. Um, they Over the years, they've really drafted uh, more players from Oklahoma than any other team that I can I can think of off the top of my head. So... Uh, you know they know about C.D. Lamb. And then there's been some uh, reports, whether they're true or not, about Judy and his knee uh, not being checked out and then him having a late surgery on it. So I just think he's the safer pick right now and definitely fits the criteria for a Denver Broncos-type pick. And I think it's a need. You know, Denver, you like their weapons that they have. They want to put weapons around Locke. They have a great receiver in Sutton. They have Fant at tight end. They have Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay at running back. So why not uh, uh, complement those other players with having a, a player like C.D. Lamb on the other side? I just, uh, and in fact, I, I think he might be able to be the number one and have Sutton as the number two. Um, obviously, I'm getting ahead of myself though. So, um, Good trade up by the Broncos if they do indeed get their guy because then they get the choice of all the receivers that they want instead of having to pick over what uh, is left over. Because uh, as you're going to see, I think there's going to be quite a run on receivers in in the next uh, uh, part of the draft. With the 11th overall pick, it belongs to the New York Football Jets. And I think the Jets are going to go with an offensive playmaker. I, I know they need help on the offensive line and both positions have kind of dropped, but with the, uh, with Robbie Anderson going to the Panthers and them seeming not to have an interest in re-signing him and really having only Jamison Crowder as a, uh, 
decent receiver on the team. I, I think that's a huge hole right now that they need to fill. And I think they need more than just one receiver. I think they'll need to draft a couple, but they need to start off with a number one guy more than they need an offensive line. They can always kind of plug in the offensive line. I think, you know, there's there's guys down the road that they can get depth-wise. So I see the New York Jets drafting Jerry Judy, wide receiver from Alabama. Uh, I actually think it's a perfect fit in that regard. Um, I really like Judy, his all-around ability. That knee injury thing at the last minute, it doesn't scare me. It's almost like, you know, Dan Marino doing cocaine uh, rumors before the draft that caused him to slip. It's like, you know, it's pretty convenient that it comes out so late, uh, you know, a couple days before the draft. So I think the Jets are going to get themselves a really great receiver, and uh, it's a position of need. So at number 12, we have the Las Vegas Raiders sitting there. I think they stay at that pick. And I'm having them draft a receiver as well. So there's a big run on receivers. And it's going to be Henry Ruggs, wide receiver, Alabama. So two Alabama receivers going back-to-back. And for the, the reason why I think the Raiders go with Ruggs, the third, is because, for one, they like those speed guys. Ruggs is the fastest guy in the draft, uh, not just at receiver. And they like those guys that can, you know, blow the top off of coverages. And the Raiders didn't really have that last year. You know, Tyrell Williams was all right, but uh, at receiver, that's really all they had. Hunter Renfro is not going to run by people, even though he's a solid slot receiver. So I really think that he, you know, with Antonio Brown uh, going insane in the uh, in training camp and forcing his way out. They really didn't have that number one receiver last year. And uh, and here's the thing, though. I don't think Kenny Ruggs is a number one receiver, but he's the type of receiver that the Raiders like where, you know, he has the speed and they can throw uh, the, the ball uh, over defenses. So he fits that profile. I think if they try to make him a number one, he's not going to be successful. But uh, he's definitely a screams Oakland Raider pick. Or, sorry, Oakland Raider. Las Vegas Raider pick to me. And... Uh, I think that's where they'll go with that. Getting right into picks 13 and 14. Pick number 13, the San Francisco 49ers. Now, they're in a weird spot. You know, they have two first-round draft picks, which, you know, for a Super Bowl, uh, a team appearing in a Super Bowl is is kind of odd. You don't see that happen very often. But, uh, you know, that trade for uh, to the Colts for DeForest Buckner, um, they were able to get that 13th pick. And a lot of people think they're going to go receiver and because they've lost Emmanuel Sanders. And I don't really see it. I mean, they have Debo Samuels. They have, uh, they have some guys that, uh, at receiver that, that, that are serviceable. And I think there's some value there they can get later in the draft. I think they're sitting there now looking at what's available and, you know, if you watch the Super Bowl, I, I think there's some tweaks on their defense that they would like to make, you know, especially at cornerback. Um, but with, you know, losing to Forrest Buckner, I think at this spot with uh, Javon Kinlaw sitting there from South Carolina, he's fallen farther than he should have. And I think they see that and they jump all over him. He'd fit perfect in that defense. And I think he'd be a difference maker in that defense. And so they're not going to pass that up. And so I think they jump on Javon uh, Kinlaw from uh, South Carolina. And that's going to be a great pick for them. And it's going to pay media dividends. I just really like Kinlaw. I think he's actually one of my favorite, outside of Simmons, I think he's one of my favorite defensive players in the draft. And on top of just being an exciting player. So I don't think they, the 49ers pass that up. I think they're a smart organization that's going to see that value and go that direction. So moving on to 14, you have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It was rumored that they were going to try to trade up to get a receiver. And that doesn't make any sense to me. I just, you know, I just think that's people talking to talk. They have Godwin, they have Evans. Could they use another guy? Yeah. But to move up for that after, you know, with Brady and Gronkowski, I actually think that they need to solidify that line to protect Brady more than they need to get him another weapon 
um, in that regard. So especially this early when you can get a top-notch uh, tackle with the way the tackles are falling. So with Tristan Wirfs sitting there from Iowa, I think that kind of forces her hand to, to take him. Um, he's, he's rated a lot higher. He kind of fell down the board a little bit. So I think the for, uh, sorry the Tampa Bay Buccaneers go with Tristan Wirfs. And uh, it's actually a fun name to say. But uh, he's going to solidify that line for the Buccaneers. Their defense was actually really solid last year. Their big issue was the turnovers. You know, Jameis Winston turning the ball over like 60 times through the course of the season doesn't help you win games. And I think if they cut that back, the Buccaneers can be a playoff team. I still don't think they're better than the Saints, but that's another story. I really think that uh, uh, they need to solidify that offensive line to protect uh, Brady to be able to get it to his weapons. So uh, Tristan Wirfs from Iowa is the pick, offensive tackle. Pick number 15 belongs to the Cleveland Browns. It originally belonged to the Denver Broncos, but we predicted they make that trade, uh, the Broncos trade up to get CeeDee Lamb. So the Browns are sitting here at 15, and that actually proves to be a good move because uh, I think what they're looking for is offensive linemen. If you watch the Browns' offense, they really needed to protect Baker Mayfield better. They weren't able to do it. So I think that's a point of emphasis that they're, you know, coming in, into the draft with. And with the tackles falling a little bit, I think they're in a great spot to uh, get Andrew Thomas, tackle from Georgia. And, you know, both Georgia tackles are getting a, a lot of late buzz and are moving up the draft boards. And I just think he's a great fit for the Cleveland Browns. And they'd run to the podium if he was available so Cleveland and uh, Andrew Thomas, and uh, hopefully it'll help, uh, help get that line corrected so uh, they can actually use the weapons that they stockpiled uh, a season ago. Moving on to the 16th pick, it originally belonged to the Atlanta Falcons, but they made that trade with the Arizona Cardinals to get C.J. Henderson, so that makes the Cardinals uh, here at the 16th spot. And again, I, I think with you have Kyler Murray, you have, you know, you traded for DeAndre Hopkins, you have Christian Kirk, you have Larry Fitzgerald, even though it's on the uh, wrong side of Fitzgerald's career. And you're, you know, going to have Kenyon Drake as a running back, which proved to be a better fit than David Johnson last year. So I think what they need to do is protect those investments and protect Kyler Murray. And so I think they go offensive line too, especially with the tackles that are still available. So right here, I see the Arizona Cardinals getting uh, Mekhi Becton tackle from Louisville. And I really like this pick. I think Becton is actually my top rated tackle. Um, and it's a position, you know, of need. I think he can go in right away and be a day one starter there was reports that he likes to eat and cooks all the time, where as an offensive lineman, you know, that's what you do. Uh, being over 300 plus is not natural in and of itself. So the fact that he's eating and cooking, um, it's, it's better than eating fast food. And um, at least that's uh, my thought process on it. So anyways, I think uh, that's where the Cardinals go and it would be a great fit for the Cardinals right away. And it's really, they're, they're really setting themselves up to have a really potent offense if they can just uh, control the line of scrimmage. Pick number 17 belongs to the Dallas Cowboys. I expect them to go with the guy that their name has been, uh, a guy that's name's been linked to the Cowboys for quite some time. And it's a, definitely a position of need. So I predict the Dallas Cowboys to take A.J. Terrell, cornerback from Clemson. And I, I don't necessarily have him rated that high. I think it's kind of a reach. But, you know, especially with Jerry Jones, he gets his mind uh, set on somebody. And 
he doesn't stray from it. If that's his guy, that's who he wants. He doesn't care where in the draft it is. I mean, think Quincy Carter, think Felix Jones. If that's who they want, that's who they're going to get. And that's what I think is uh, happens here with A.J. Terrell. I think he's a good player. I, I'm, I don't want to mitigate the fact that I don't think he's going to be a, a solid player. I just think uh, it's definitely a reach at uh, this part of the draft. But uh, Cowboys get their guy. Number 18 overall belongs to the Miami Dolphins. They sit tight, and they are actually in a position to build up that offensive line with the tackles that are available. And I think they make that pick with a tackle, and it's Josh Jones' tackle from Houston. And I really like it. I think Josh Jones is a little underrated. I think he is right up there with the other guys and uh, has a lot of promise. So for the Dolphins to be able to, you know, get their quarterback and offensive tackle so far in the first round, I I think they're really setting themselves up for the future, which is uh, what the whole point was in, in accumulating all these draft picks. Pick 19 belongs to the Las Vegas Raiders again with their second pick of the first round and I'll be honest I really think that uh, they're going to go defense here with this pick and you know they went with the receiver rugs and uh, with their first pick and uh, so here I see them going after Jeff Gladney cornerback TCU and Gladney's kind of handsy so I, I think he's going to get a lot of pass interference calls. Um, but he fits the prototype for the Raiders for me, kind of like Ruggs does. He's a he's very physical and aggressive cornerback, something that the Raiders have kind of been lacking. I think they make that pick to try to bring that back, and it, it definitely is, is going to improve that secondary uh, with having a solid corner. And, in fact, I think the Raiders run to the podium. And, you know, Gladney, is he taken too early? Yes, he is. But at the same time, you know, this is the type of player that the Raiders get. And so uh, I think with him being available, that's who they go with. And I think it'll be a good pick for him because, you know, even if you overdraft a guy and he fits the needs of what you want, uh, I think it's a solid pick. So um, moving along to the 20th pick, of the draft. It's the Jacksonville Jaguars who again, this is their second pick of the first round. We have them getting Derek Brown originally. And here I think that they go after K Levon Chisholm from or linebacker from LSU. Uh I just think he's you know, him being available, he's a top edge rusher in the draft. And for him to fall that low is criminal. But again, I've been saying that a lot of, about a lot of guys. And it just kind of shows, like, the, the depth of the draft where you can still get decent guys later on that can be impact players. And I kind of feel that way with uh, Caleb on uh, uh, Jason. Um, I, I think this will will be a great pick for the Jaguars, getting both him and, uh, and Brown in the first round. And... Uh, would really help solidify their defense, you know. Maybe not this year because, you know, you, you can't expect a ton from rookies, but uh, down the road, uh, I, I think this would be the, the right steps to take if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars and, uh, you know, being a, a Jacksonville Jaguar fan. Pick number 21 belongs to the Philadelphia Eagles, and this is a no-brainer pick for me. You know, they really need a wide receiver, I think that was the one thing lacking. You had Deshaun Jackson get hurt. Alshon Jeffrey wasn't wasn't 100% and missed a lot of time. You have guys like Reed and, and Aguilar that were filling in to uh, take over at receiver. And, you know, basically you're, you're relying on Zach Ertz to be uh, your go-to guy. So uh, I guess I kind of spelled it out in that regard. The Philadelphia Eagles are going to be taking uh, Justin Jefferson, wide receiver, LSU. I just think he's the best available. I like Jefferson a, a lot. Uh, he did some great things at LSU. And I know there's a lot of talent around him. And that's been kind of a, a red flag against him, too, is 
you know, uh, he's not as good as uh, what he seemed like because of all the great guys around him. But, I mean, that's part of being on a good team is having a lot of good players. And I just think that Jefferson is one of them. And he uh, is definitely going to uh, be the pick for the Eagles. I know that's the guy that they're they're looking at and uh, they're really high on. So, moving along to number 22, the Minnesota Vikings. I think they stay at receiver, and I think they go with Brandon Ayuk, wide receiver from Arizona State, and I love this guy. I mean, he can do it all, kick returns, punt returns, run the ball, catch the ball. He's all over the place. He's a, he's a playmaker, and I think they kind of lean that way, and, and this is the thing, too, that is uh, fascinating to me like with this draft is guys are going to be going places you don't think they're going to go because of how they fit with those teams there's so many especially at wide receiver you know you you need a tall receiver you need a a slot receiver you need a you know a a fast receiver Um, you need a good route running receiver like they're all there it's just whatever you're looking for you you take that guy and and that's what you need and and that's what's so intriguing about this draft and and why it's you know there's going to be some reaches for guys and some guys that fall that you're not expecting is because they're just going to be uh they're just you know it's like one fish two fish red fish blue fish at wide receiver and tackle it's like well what are you looking for and and you take that guy and not all those guys fit what you're looking for in that regard so Minnesota Vikings get a playmaker, and it's probably going to be I, 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 to get a receiver at that caliber that late in the draft is, uh, you know, Minnesota's going to be very happy. Pick number 23, belonging to the New England Patriots. A lot of people think they're going to go QB here, but I don't think they do. And I, I just... You know, trying to you know dip inside uh, the Patriots' heads. Uh, there are certain guys that they like, and and I think value-wise, there's not a quarterback here that they feel comfortable taking that uh, they think will, uh, especially with the top three off the board, that will uh, contribute. So, and you know, this this talk about the Patriots rebuilding. I don't think they're rebuilding. They're in the AFC East. They'll probably win the division just because of how bad that division is. So to be the Patriots, you don't really have to be that good to to make the playoffs. And I think this is kind of the case this year where the other teams really need to step up. And the Bills look like they have, but, you know, we've got to see it because it always looks like the Bills are going to have a solid team and, uh, uh, you know, they, they still can't get past the Patriots. So with the 23 or the 23rd pick in the draft, the New England Patriots draft Zach Bond, linebacker from Wisconsin. I really like the guy, and he's a perfect Patriot pick. Um, I'd actually hate for him to go to the Patriots because I'm not a Patriot fan, but uh, he's just so versatile. He, he can play inside linebacker, he can play outside linebacker, and uh, it'd just be a perfect uh, draft pick uh, if he's available there. And the reaching for him a tad, yes, but how he would fit with the Patriots. I mean, he's like that uh, uh, Kyle Van Noy type fit for that, you know, like back in the day, Rabel type fit where he can just do so many things on defense. And and uh, he he just screams Patriots to me. So uh, I definitely think it's going to be Zach Bond from uh, Wisconsin. Um Moving along to number 24, New Orleans Saints. I think they stay right at home and get Patrick Queen from LSU, middle linebacker. Patriot, or sorry, the the Saints have a great uh, offense. And, you know, obviously I think they could, you know, with Emmanuel Sanders and Michael Thomas, I, I still think they can maybe go with a third receiver. But uh, in this draft, they definitely need to improve their defense a little bit. And Patrick Queen in the middle of the defense, I think, really solidifies it. And him being available still in this draft, you know, I'm using that word again. Like, wow, I can't believe he he fell. And we'll we'll be saying that with a lot of picks. And I just think he's the best middle linebacker in the draft. And the Saints will be happy to get him at that point. 
number 25 belongs to the Minnesota Vikings, their second first-round pick of this draft. They went with receiver the uh, first time with Brandon uh, Ayuk from Arizona State. So I think here they're going to go with cornerback with uh, Rhodes and Waynes both being gone. Um, that was once a strength of the Vikings, and it is no more. So I really think that that is as big of a need as receiver is for them. So the Minnesota Vikings are going to get cornerback Jalen Johnson from Utah. And I think this is about exactly right where he should go. And he's, you know, this is a strong cornerback draft. So anytime you're talking about any of these cornerbacks, it's really just, uh, you know, picking your favorites based off of, you know, whatever you're looking for, whether it's physicality, man-to-man skills, zone skills. And I think this is a great match for the Vikings in getting somebody like Jalen Johnson. And uh, really at a, a position of need, uh, kind of like receiver was. So um, if Minnesota is able to come away with these two players at these positions, uh, I think they'll do really well for themselves. And uh, uh, hopefully uh, it sets sets off the, uh, the the loss of Stephon Diggs and, uh, like I said, Waynes and, and uh, Rhodes. So moving on to pick number 26. It's the Miami Dolphins' third pick of the first round. Um, because they can't get enough first round picks. And again, I think they're building on their offense. And I think the very first running back of the draft is taken. Uh, DeAndre Swift, running back from Georgia. He's just a beast. Uh, I like him a lot. I I think when you're going on those, uh, you're comparing those top five, six running backs, you're going to get a great player. And I think the only reason why Swift has dropped this far, and actually all the running backs are going to drop, is because, you know, with the big contracts of Gurley and uh, you see Le'Veon Bell, I think they just don't value the running back position. And then every time they've been signed to a big contract, teams have regretted it. And so I think same with the draft capital. You're, you really feel like that's a position you can plug and play. So you're going to be going later in the draft for those positions. And that's going to cause a guy like DeAndre Swift to drop. But um, I think Miami gladly takes them. They're in desperate need for a running back. Um, You just didn't see it with a, uh, you know, with Kalen Balazs. He's not the answer. And uh, I just think, you know, you get that number one running back. You're able to, you have your franchise quarterback that you drafted. You have the offensive tackle that you drafted. You're really just setting up the groundwork to have, you know, that framework to be a successful organization with uh, an efficient offense. And so I, I think that's what Miami's mission is going into the draft, and I think they pull it off with these three picks. Pick number 27 belongs to the Seattle Seahawks, and I think they hold tight. They're definitely a candidate to trade back. Seattle likes to do that for anyone trying to maybe reach for a quarterback uh, if they wanted to maybe get love into the end of the first round. Um, but I don't feel confident enough in that happening. I, I see Seattle just staying there and getting Yeter Gross Matos from Penn State, defensive lineman. He's uh, a great pass rusher and definitely screams Seahawks to me in that type of defense. Definitely, uh, like I said, put pressure on the quarterback. And uh, he's just a solid defensive lineman he's a little light he's lighter than I would like um but the talent's there the skill's there and you can put on weight and this is a Seattle Seahawks type pick uh they like to focus on the trenches early rounds and this is uh, uh with him still being available this is where I see the Seattle Seahawks going um going to number 28 is the Baltimore Ravens and I think they get Kenneth Murray, middle linebacker from Oklahoma. Um, this is a no-brainer to me as well. The The Ravens need some linebacking help, uh, especially in the middle of that defense. Kenneth Murray is a beast. He seeks and destroys. So any type of seek and destroyer definitely fits in the Baltimore Ravens mode. 
and he uh, he's he's been linked to Baltimore for a while now, and I just it's a perfect fit, perfect match. He's available. I if he's there, I just don't see Baltimore going another way with this pick. So um, chalk it up, Kenneth Murray. He's actually uh, like I said, one of the more confident ones I have in the in the later rounds of how it's going to play out. So. Pick number 29 is the Tennessee Titans. And this is actually a quick one for me, and it's kind of a no-brainer, but I think they go with A.J. Epinesa from Iowa, defensive lineman. And I say no-brainer not because I think they'll take him. I mean, I think they they should. Um, but Titans have a great defense. I think they need to add depth to their defensive line. And this late in the draft, uh, of you know, later in the first round, um, he's a quality guy that you can get there that can make an impact. So, um, for what the Titans need, I think he fits in perfectly with what they're looking for. Moving along to number 30, Green Bay Packers. I think they get T. Higgins, wide receiver Clemson. And although he's not a burner, like, you know, he's not going to uh, beat you deep a ton. He's just so, he's such a technician in route running and getting open and making plays in the 0 to 20 yard range. That uh, that consistency is just uh, huge, especially in the Packers' offense. I, I think he uh, gives them a big need, and uh, uh, is a great complement to Devonte Adams in that offense. And Aaron Rodgers needs more weapons. I think that was the issue with their stagnant offense. Is you know, especially with Adams hurt, there just wasn't a lot of weapons. So it it really brought the uh, Packers' offense down a little bit. So uh, T. Higgins, it is, and I think the uh, Packer fans will end up really liking this guy and he's actually one of my favorite receivers in the draft uh like I said I just watching him uh him play is, he's just so solid and and, and an all-around good receiver now for the last two picks of the first round of the 2020 NFL draft pick 31 the San Francisco 49ers they drafted earlier a defensive lineman with uh, Javon Kinlaw. He, he lasted, and uh, they scooped him up. And I think here in this spot, you know, they really could go cornerback. That would be a great pick. But I think they go with LaVishka Chenault, wide receiver for Colorado. He's just a playmaker. He can run out of the backfield. Uh, he can do everything. And... Uh, just a, a playmaker. Now there is some injury concerns and he, you know, was, was hurt. So actually I think that causes his slide a little bit, but he's definitely a 49ers type player, especially with how much they like to run the ball with him and Debo. I, I can't imagine like all the running configurations they can do out of their wide receivers out wide, along with their, you know, their stable running backs that they have. They have, uh, you know, just the best rushing attack in the NFL and, you know, receivers that can be that versatile and, and do both with uh, rushing and receiving. And I just think he's a, he's a perfect 49er pick for me. And I, I think they're reaching a little bit for him. I think, you know, there's some receivers that they might be able to get that are better receivers, but not with that versatility that he's able to present. And I think Kyle Shanahan looks at that and that's what he looks for. And it's definitely a position of need. So that's where the Niners are going. Now with the last pick of the first round, it's the Kansas City Chiefs at number 32. And it's not a sexy pick. And it, it's kind of uh, melodramatic to end this way. But it's going to be Cesar Ruiz from uh, guard from Michigan. It makes sense. You know, they, they need some line help. They need interior line help. Cesar Ruiz is the best interior lineman in the draft. He's sitting there at the end of the draft, protects Patrick Mahomes. Get you got to get the guy, and you know people are looking at defense, like at safety and and those type of things. But I just think that Cesar Ruiz, if he's available, is you know the best thing for the Chiefs, and and I think the Chiefs see that too. You know, there's rumors that they were trying to trade up to get a speed receiver, but. I mean, your offense is already potent. You have Patrick Mahomes who can make anyone good. You just need to protect your investment on Mahomes. And that is, uh, 
you know, him being available at the end like that, uh, it doesn't happen very often. So that's the way I think the Chiefs roll. And that actually concludes the NFL Draft 2020. So I, I appreciate you listening. Just uh, some footnotes in regards to the draft. Uh, I think it's really heavy in regards to the wide receiver, cornerback, and tackles this year. So you're really going to be able to find some great quality people at those positions even uh, later on in the draft. And middle linebacker, I think it's top heavy. So you get those, you know, that guy in the first or second round, you know, the top three guys that are available. After that, I think it kind of drops off. And it's going to be an interesting draft in regards to there's there's just so many players that kind of fit uh, different things in regards to whatever that team is looking for. That's what they're going to probably draft. And so I really would expect to see a lot of trades for one this draft. And then, you know, I, I think you're going to see a couple reaches for guys that you wouldn't expect. And obviously they're not reaches for, for those teams, but for what we're expecting. And some guys that uh, fall farther than what you're thinking, uh, just because of the fact that uh, they're a great player, but uh they're they're not fitting schemes that the, the teams are looking for. So you're going to be able to find some steals later on in, in the draft, I, I believe, in this one. So it'll make for an entertaining watch. And with everything COVID that's happening where you're kind of stuck at home, and uh, what better time to sit at home and, and watch the draft and, and be entertained by it all. So uh, And especially with the old school way that teams have to do it now, they just have to look at tape, make their assessments on players, and, and pick from there. So... You know, all the analytics that they usually have are a little out the window in this one. And I'm not sure that's a bad thing. I mean, I'm all about analytics and I, I like uh, the information they provide, but they can be skewed to, to make a point um, or, or, or not. Um, sometimes that's unwarranted. And so I think you're just looking at, you know, this is a, a draft that scouts are going to love where it's like, hey, this is what I see in that guy and that's what we're going for. And uh, all that other extra information is uh, be damned in this one. So we'll we'll, we'll see if uh, what the NFL teams learn from this in regards to uh, how they're drafting. And maybe they'll think, hey, maybe we are putting too much into this. And let's cut back on some of this stuff and just go off of what our scouts are doing. And um, especially if they have a good draft, they, they might go that way. So uh, definitely something to be looking for. You know, get the popcorn out or and, and the snacks and uh, enjoy the 2020 NFL Draft. And uh, thanks for listening to the Burke and Ms. Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast. And we will uh, look forward to talking to you guys again. Take care.